This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. The solar eclipse in Sagittarius is a few hours away, and I will be meditating during it, but all day I have been writing, and I've been writing about the fixed signs pretty much all day, you know, took some breaks, had some conversations, and this enthusiasm emerged from a conversation that I had with a friend last night. And he mentioned a EA Zoom meeting video that I did way back, like 2015 or 2016, about money and the fixed signs. And I got so lit up because I'm actually in preparation for Meteorite 2022, which is a advanced alumni course for graduates of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. I'll be sharing information about it soon. And when I'm thinking about the curriculum and like what the themes are, one of the things that emerged was wanting to go deeper into the fixed signs. And this was something that we covered in the last meteorite. But I see the fixed signs, you know, our our navigation, our embodiment of the fixed signs being so connected to our excellence, our creativity, our intelligence, our genius, our power, and things like, you know, transforming our lives, like working to shift a really deep rooted pattern that we want to change or working to cultivate a life that we deeply value. And so in this, you know, just last night feeling like, yeah, I I need to talk more about the fixed signs. So I wrote something this morning um, that I shared to Instagram and I'm going to share that. And then after that, I'm going to get into a story um, that I felt called to kind of collect, recollect, write um, and share tonight. So here's the post. Contemplating the four fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius have been at the foundation of my financial evolution, relationship with finance, and financial strategy for years now. The fixed signs teach me about the energetics of money, the energetics of clearing money blocks, the energetics of receptivity, generosity, and innovation. With my Mercury, Mercury signifies commerce, among other things, and Pisces, sextile my moon in Taurus. I have steeped in many mystical meditations on the nature of energy exchange and melted my brain a little on the concept of abundance. For me, every beautiful encounter, delicious meal, and dazzling image of steam rising from the plate or cup, feeling of connectedness with myself, my body, with others... All of these things are source speaking to me through the world of form. We often relate to Taurus on the material end. It is an earth sign after all. While I've come to experience over the years that there is a deeply spiritual element of all of the archetypes and the Taurus mysteries are about our receptivity to pleasure and the good things in life. And that's not just material, it's energetic, psychological, spiritual. I found that all of the fixed signs hold keys and significant tensions around this Taurian process. 
As I sit with Meteorite 2022, an advanced alumni program for graduates of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive, deepening our relationship with the fixed signs is showing up as a major inspiration. The transiting nodes, the lunar nodes, will be in Scorpio and Taurus, and Uranus and Taurus will be conjunct the North Node and Taurus for a good amount of time. Saturn will be in Aquarius all year. All in all, the fixed signs are calling. And so leading up to this course, more information coming soon, I'm going to be dropping some transmissions on the fixed signs on Magic of the Spheres. And for those of you that are called to apply for Meteorite, the fixed signs will be a guide for us embodying our deepest creative potentials inside and outside of our astrology practices and or careers. Being embodied in our astrology practice isn't just having the knowledge, it's living it. And I've been saying this for years and I'll keep saying it. The fixed signs are a path to enduring excellence, creative mastery, abundance, and generativity. The fixed signs also confront us with hefty energetics, like the shame that blocks pleasure, the addiction that blocks our power, the trauma around money or capacity to receive, our habitual neural pathways that take intentional effort to rewire, and so on. The more aware we are of this mapping between the fixed signs, the more opportunities we have for experimentation, Aquarius, and play, Leo, around cultivating and rewiring our relationship with these energetics. And this is the kind of energetic self-mastery and business savvy I want to encourage. Not only does it open up so much brilliance and creativity in our own lives, but it deeply expands the medicine we hold as astrologers. Transmissions and more info about Meteorite coming soon. And so after writing that this morning, I sat all day with this feeling that has been brewing in me for some days now around wanting to discuss the spiritual dimension of Taurus, like the, the spiritual mysteries of Taurus, the, the way that the universe provides for us and tuning into that sense of feeling divinely supported, divinely held, divinely protected, right? Like Taurus does relate to survival needs and resources, right? And so at some level of consciousness and of experience, that's like the concrete needs that we have as an organism. And Taurus ranges, you know, to thriving as well. And if we're going to look at Taurus through like a spiritual octave, it would be around feeling like we are resourced by the universe. And this is a kind of thinking that has really greatly influenced me in my life. And so I was starting to write about the fixed signs from like a like sheer astrological perspective. But what was really kind of flooding into my mind were these stories and these experiences that I've had. And so I decided that for today, I was going to collect my thoughts and share um, about a time in my life that I was doing these kind of money experiments and just really tuning into my relationship with abundance and it was a time in my life where I was doing this kind of for the first time. It was when I was freshly studied in evolutionary astrology for the first time. 
and was looking into, you know, the law of attraction stuff and manifestation teachings and Abraham Hicks, which, you know, I'm so aware of how people critique those things and the spiritual bypass argument and all of that. But I do think that there's so much richness in those teachings. And especially as I've combined those teachings with the fixed signs, it's like such a great pathway for integrating things like manifestation because we get to include like the Scorpio side, which is like the shadow work component, right? Like that's actually making a square aspect Scorpio to Aquarius, which is that kind of like out there idealistic, utopic, or like visionary side. Um, right. And then Taurus, like how does it actually integrate in the physical? So this story is the first fixed sign transmission. There's more to come. This story has the fixed signs coded into it. Taurus, most obviously, because it's the one that I mentioned, and it's coming from this reflection all day on the spiritual dimension of Taurus. But there's also a lot of play, Leo, and experimentation, Aquarius, with money, Taurus, and playing with the frequencies of magnetism and attraction, Scorpio, Taurus. So in this reflection today about the spiritual mysteries of Taurus, I was also reflecting on what it means to align with the belief system that one is provided for, that resources will appear, and also how that kind of belief system can involve reciprocity, that we work for the universe too, right? The universe isn't just hooking us up. I don't think it's actually effectual that way. Right. There's um, there's a greater abundance that opens up when we have a relationship with truth and service. Um, when we're in that kind of spirit of like generosity. And that's something that I really want to keep emphasizing as I go through these fixed signs, tra these transmissions about the fixed signs, because these are powerful concepts and. I don't want them to be abused. And so to just be really clear that like, say we are really connecting with certain plants, right? It's like also being in right relationship with the plants and with the earth, as opposed to just taking the plants to extract from them, but not be in relationship with them. And so similarly, if we're tapping into the kind of like energetic mysteries of the universe, you know, it does come into conversation with like how we're in right relationship energetically, right? Like energy exchange is a Scorpio theme, Scorpio being the fixed water sign. And so whatever we're in deep relationship with, whatever we're merging with, um, the way that we show up, our energetics count. But now that I've said that, I'm going to launch into the story. I was in my early 20s, living deeply in Eros, in devotion to magic. I was studying New Age concepts like law of attraction, alongside evolutionary astrology, and synthesizing teachings from both. I was making correlations, for example, between Saturn and karma with 
law of attraction, the teachings around how things materialize and how things get set into motion, how cause and effect works within the kind of manifestation paradigm. And I was also connecting pretty early on the fixed signs with this process of manifestation and desire, you know, and abundance, like they just really connect Scorpio desire, Taurus abundance. Evolutionary astrology involves the spirituality of desire, how desire is a part of the soul's evolution. And this was deeply impactful for me because I have a lot of desires, right? And I had never really encountered a spiritual system up until that point that validated the sacredness of desire. Until then, it was just kind of the concept that desire is like a cause of suffering. And so within evolutionary astrology, I found like a very, a very cerebral, a very intellectual, like a very, um, you know, a mapping that was so connected to the incarnation experience, to the human experience, to the, to the root and sacral chakras. And I really liked that. And then the law of attraction and manifestation teachings, Abraham Hicks, like these also were helping me to practice the energetics of becoming magnetic and receptive. And so while I was learning about the kind of like attractive and repulsive quality of Pluto and Scorpio and, you know, how we want things so bad, but we push them away with our intensity versus like the, um, Abraham Hicks kind of transmissions about like kind of like loosening our grip. So not, you know, being in that state of wanting or not being in that state of lack, but really working with more Taurian qualities like gratitude and like connecting with the pleasure that we're already experiencing to magnify and focus on Scorpio, that kind of gratitude and embodiment to grow it even more. And so during this time, I was feeling a lot of approval for my desires, not just because of the spiritual things that I was working with, but because of the passion that was inside of me. I had this desire to be rich and famous, beautiful, in love, have this epic life, travel the world. My longing was real. And I was in the practice of letting my life be epic now in the spirit of law of attraction, even if I wasn't rich or famous yet, I could still experience glamour. So here's how it went. I had a job nannying for a few hours a day to make some extra cash that I was investing back into my life purpose, which I'll get into more, <laughs> my astrology education and business. And I was conducting spiritual experiments with the money that I had. And these experiments I kind of, you know, invented so like in this Aquarian way based on an assessment of my resources, Taurus. So taking into account what was available to me, I had an allowance from my parents once a month at the beginning of the month, same time as rent. So that was, that was good. I had a weekly paycheck from the nannying job. I was in college, my tuition was taken care of by my parents, and I wanted to figure out how to make my own money 
outside of my familial protection and support of me. I knew that if I messed up with my money experiments, which I'll explain in a moment, that I did have a safety net, but I didn't really want to call my parents up and tell them I was in trouble with money because I would feel shame and guilt and I wanted to figure this out within the provisions I had. You know, and that's not to say there weren't times in my 20s that I did make those kind of phone calls. Um, and there was a kind of like opening to that too, but I didn't want to do that in a frivolous way. So the experiment, the kind of game that I was playing with myself, it was pretty much a, a rule for myself that I wasn't going to get to that place, that I was going to be really resourceful with my provisions. So the experiment was after having basic resources in stock, you know, so I got creative about like having like non-perishable food, buying vegetables every, you know, now like at some interval, um, having my rent paid, gas tank full, you know, just having basic things around that I would need. But then I played this game of spending all my money on things that were, quote, investments in my life purpose, which I was totally free to discern what that meant. And there was something that felt so fun and like almost like subversive about that. <laughs> like I'm going to buy myself some nice things. I can do it. And that was actually really healing for me because I do have a Taurus moon and pleasure and like the nice things, you know, that's important to me and getting rid of the kind of encoded cultural, like whatever, um, messaging or my own stuff, you know, there's, um, there's a deep connection between pleasure and shame, like the sacral chakra, um, being about pleasure and blocked by shame. I'm loosely quoting avatar, the last airbender. Um, and so the process of opening to receiving pleasure is deeply tantric. And that's not just about like physical sexual pleasure. It definitely is that too, but it's also, like letting ourselves enjoy things in life. But this may just be Taurus moon stuff talking, but I like to spread the message. But, you know, incense, candles, little luxuries in my means, clothing that transported me into a state of imagination, you know, my, my little costumes for my writing. These were included in my life purpose <laughs> because they supported my receptivity to pleasure, which supported my creativity and capacity to channel, which was connected to my purpose, right? I was like, if I'm an entrepreneur, then it's not fair to like not nourish myself and expect that I'm going to extract, you know, productivity from myself without like treating myself nice. So I definitely was in approval of like nice things in my means, right? I made sure I only owned things I valued and I'd recycle to secondhand stores or free groups on Facebook, the things I didn't want anymore. You know, and I was mostly buying clothes at like um, secondhand stores as well. And so this spending all my money, knowing that a modest sum was coming each week to replenish from the nannying job was to test the theory that source was my supply. 
meaning that my money did not come from limited and specific channels, right? This was something that I read in a a text by Florence Scovel Shin. It was like a Christian mystic perspective on money um, and the game of life. And I would often read texts where I could glean so much wisdom, even if I didn't agree with everything the author said or their kind of style or whatever. But it really moved me and really touched me in this book that the concept was opening up that when it comes to wealth, you know, our money doesn't come from the person who's giving us the money, you know, in my case, the parental support or like the employer, the paycheck, right? That Florence Scovelshin was suggesting that source is the ultimate supply. And so instead of getting fixated on thinking that your supply comes from a particular channel, you kind of expand to, you know, widen the aperture to the universe itself. And that kind of thinking is actually um, really supportive on like the entrepreneurial path because when, when clients can appear or customers can appear and new customers or new clients directly impacts your income, then having the belief that, you know, sources your supply and it's sending, you know, aligned soulmate clients to you is kind of part of that abundance magic and having the business, having the channels even that you've created in the 3d is how you attract wealth right? Like if you're just doing a bunch of money magic, but you don't have any channels set up, like the image that I had in my mind was like, you need receptacles to collect the rain, right? And so having an astrology reading offering was like one way that I was collaborating with spirit of like, here's a bridge for like me to practice my life purpose and to, you know, develop a, a livelihood. Can you work with me here? kind of thing. And so working with this concept source was my supply. Money didn't come from limited or specific channels. It might start to appear through astrology reading clients or other spontaneous means. I was making the moves to be visible and have my work out there, blogging, talking to people in town, and letting spirit connect me with clients, you know, asking for that, praying for that. And this wasn't consistent back then. It was still a startup. And so I was just kind of really working the Virgo Pisces axis of putting in the effort in Virgo and praying and like working on the, you know, universal faith kind of stuff with Pisces. By spending all of my money with intention, I was basically putting the gas pedal on investing in my life. And I was touching the edge. Actually, I want to stay with that for a moment. The gas pedal of investing in my life. Basically, I feel like there is a pattern that people have that I've noticed. Because I've, especially as I was doing this experiment to just like freely and joyfully spend money, um, it occurred to me that not everyone does this, right? Because there is the sense of, oh, I can't afford this. And what has pained me to watch sometimes personally is when someone won't buy something that would really improve their life or like, you know, they have a dream, 
but they don't invest in it. They don't purchase something relevant to it because they have a stronger force within them that's like, I can't afford it. And sometimes that is responsible. Sometimes that's being in our means. But from a spiritual perspective, I've I've usually chosen to align, especially at the beginning of like my business and whatnot. Like I'm not going to let the idea of not being able to afford something stop me from pursuing my life purpose. Um, And so sometimes I literally couldn't afford things, but I would find creative ways to save the money or barter or trade um, or find like a replacement that would help me get to the same place that maybe cost less or something like that. And so it's one thing when it's a reality, oh, I can't afford this. It's another when that's not true and it's a kind of emotional excuse um, to avoid doing the thing. So I found that by spending all my money with intention, that was what I mean by putting the gas pedal on investing in myself and in my life. It's like, this is the game. We're going to spend the money. That's what we're doing. Money's here to spend. Like that was the kind of attitude. But I wasn't spending it on things that didn't matter to me. I was investing, right? And not investing in, say, other people's stuff or stocks or something like that. Investing in something that was going to show a return in my own life, my own garden, so to say. And then through spending all the money, I was touching this edge of getting into a place of not having money, at least for a couple of days until my next paycheck. And I grew to love spending money, practicing doing so joyfully instead of contracting, So I worked with, you know, one of the um, kind of belief systems or the spiritual kind of ideas was like, if we feel um, a sense of somatic contraction or like negative thoughts or whatever, resentment, whatever, when we're spending money that we're creating these pathways, either neurological pathways or kind of spiritual pathways that are reinforcing a concept of scarcity. And so in this kind of Leo playing pretend, being playful way, Aquarius, like detaching, you know, shifting the the mind pathways and the paradigm, I would find ways to be joyful about spending money and either have a, a real rational like choice of why I feel like good about the purchase or just come at it from like a theatrical place of like cultivating that sense of comfort and joy in my body while engaging in finances. And I loved, you know, spending the money and I loved having things or experiences. Like it was nice to kind of feel like I was treating myself and like letting myself enjoy things. And I also loved what happened when I ran out of money it was really interesting. And it's an experience, you know, I'm not at a place in my life where I would repeat this experience. Like, hell no, (laughs) I would not, you know, but it's like, I was playing with amounts of money at that time in my life that, um, and the safety net and whatnot, it was all just kind of set up for that. But, um, I knew at the time too, that I was, it was a, a phase and something that, I wasn't going to make a lifelong pattern out of, but I loved what happened when I ran out of money. I was, wasn't worried because of the way I'd had things set up. 
when I ran out of money, I would feel this spiritual twilight, this juicy spiritual twilight overcome me in my life. Because instead of being able to be a consumer or to buy things, I had to be creative with the ingredients and foods I had on hand to make dinner. For example, and if someone invited me over for food, it reached me deeper, like it felt like such a miracle. And I couldn't trade money for entertainment when I had no money, so instead I'd take walks, write, study. I just remember feeling um, that every time I didn't have money, it was like, okay, now the universe is gonna show you abundance or the Taurus experience, it's gonna show you the good life with whatever you have available that's not something that you can go by. And that was fun. And as I look back on this time period, I can see how tantric this experience was for me. I got to feel the pleasure of spending money and acquiring, and also the pleasure of the empty space around not having money and what appeared in that space instead. But some magical things happened when I had no money that really expanded my consciousness. Because I was experimenting with this idea of not having emotional contraction, fear at the lack of funds, and not identifying with it, like seeing through my circumstances, recognizing that reality fluctuates. I was also opening to faith, you know, in practice around this source is my supply, God is my supply concept. I had a spiritual belief that the universe was my employer. I still do actually, but writing this reminded me that like, that is important to me. And it's not something I think about every day at this point, but I, um, it's important, I think. But the spiritual belief that the universe is my employer and that my lifestyle day in and day out was in devotion to the divine that I was writing, I was writing a novel and it's like, I know this isn't turning into money now, but I'm still working. So (laughs) like, can you give me an advance universe? Right. Um, So I was writing and creating and let me just say generally being a vibe, you know, (laughs) and that the universe would find creative ways to pay me through money or other forms of abundance. And I need to say, too, that this is a very like some of the Leo codes that I'm really like in awe of is the way that play is is like a form of manifestation. So simply having the um, like living in this ritual play state where I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this book and it's not money right now, but. I'm going to live as though the universe has given me an advance, you know, and it just kind of like happened. Like there's something about Leo where when we kind of live into the, the theater of our dreams, the theater of our desires, there's a really, um, massive creativity there. I was in the practice of praying every day for support on my purpose and path, right? Like, asking for guidance, um, also praying for other people that I loved, you know, people in need, praying to give thanks and essentially just talking to God all day. Um, I felt I was spending a lot of time alone. Like I was going through a moment of 
feeling quite alone, but I felt like God was like my best friend. So I would talk to God all day, talk to the angels, and I'd ask for things as well. I'd dream of dresses I wanted, like I'd see them in a dream, and then I'd find them the next day at Goodwill. So I was feeling very like divinely provided for in like little, little enchanting ways like that. But back to the period of days where I'd be in this spiritual twilight space of not having money in my bank account, money really would appear. A prospective client would reach out and book with me. Um, For example, one time I even put groceries on a conveyor belt at Trader Joe's and it came out to more than $5. Like I knew it would based on the price tags, but somehow I was still just like leaping into the faith of somehow it's going to work out. Even though I only had $5 and I put more than $5 worth of stuff on the conveyor belt and a person in front of me without us even having spoken to each other, told the cashier to include my items in their purchase. One time I was at the park with the kids I was nannying and a woman across the expanse waved me down. Hey, hey, she's like waving at me. And then out of nowhere, for no reason, like she just saw me and decided to offer me an editing job to edit this paper for $100. And it was work that only took me about 20 minutes to do. And so my spiritual experiment was yielding some miracles related to money, related to being provided for. I was spending a lot of time alone in this time in my life, as I was saying, deep in my mystical experiences and not yet fully tapped into community. I was actually, you know, in this kind of Taurus way, I was really enjoying my own company. Like I loved my solitude. I felt a pretty high level of self-esteem at this time in my life because I was so um, just kind of connected to myself. I had a lot of self-intimacy, but I didn't have a lot of people around me that I resonated with. And as always in my life, my creativity has been an ongoing prayer to connect with like-minded people. So I just kind of had this faith that you know, soon too, I would be connected to community. And for now I could just be connected to the universe. And still I longed for human company. So sometimes I'd ask God to meet a friend, you know, help me meet a friend when I went out for a walk downtown and I would meet someone and we'd have dinner together. And I'd tell them about my novel I was writing and my plans to be famous someday. And they'd tell me about their life or some impasse they were at. And we'd have this sublime evening and then often never see each other again. Often these people were passing through or I enjoyed the encounter, but was still just kind of being alone. (laughs) And sometimes they'd buy my meal too, which had extra significance and value to me in that time in my life though I still always appreciate the generosity of other people I think that this time period really gave me that like sensitivity to what it means to receive and as the the fixed signs are an ongoing reflection in my life the mysteries of receptivity continue to open 
But I loved these opportunities that I had, you know, in meeting people in passing to give people advice or reflection on what they shared with me and feel the genuineness of the encounter like spirit set us up to meet. There was one time a Texan at an airport, you know, the thick Texas accent brought me bought me a croissant with an $100 bill. He'd struck up a conversation with me because of a gemstone necklace I wore that I specifically wore with the intention to make a friend and signal that I was a mystical person because of the gemstone. (laughs) And that was just a game, you know, it was just for fun of like, wouldn't it be fun to meet someone at the airport? I'm going to dress up, wear this gemstone as a spiritual signal, right? And then it happened. And that's the thing about like, the magnetism receptivity with Taurus Scorpio and like the play and lightheartedness, the detachment of wouldn't it be fun to meet someone, but not be so gripped onto it. That's part of the kind of energetic of that. And this man, the Texan who bought me the croissant with the hundred dollar bill showed me pictures of orb spirits he sees on his branch. And we talked about the people that we were in love with at the time. And I encouraged him to stop pushing away the love of his life. And he agreed. It was just so wholesome. So cute. I loved how romantic my life felt. I was in the practice of increasing my wealth and abundance by focusing on my gratitude for what I did have. And so those times I didn't have money helped me be really creative for noticing where I was abundant, making a real practice of noticing things and giving thanks and prayer for all of the ways I was being blessed. Even though I didn't have a stable career and living for myself yet and was reaching toward my Saturn return consciousness, my fiscal independence and that type of worldly finesse, I was very sensitized to life. Little things could touch me so deeply This was the same time I was beginning a practice of visualization as a form of magic and rewiring my brain on purpose. So changing my deep emotional patterns, Scorpio, the traumas, Aquarius, uh, by creating, you know, actually even going as far as to create a fantasy, like something that wasn't real and visualize on it and animate it in my mind to the point that it became a somatic experience in my body and treat that chemical response as like a vitamin I was giving myself. And I was basically practicing being in that space of like, let me tune myself to this emotional frequency. Even if I'm like using a fantasy right now to get there, like I'm, I'm preparing my body for this as a reality, but I was getting into the practice of cultivating positive emotional states as often as possible to, you know, change my vibration according to these teachings, which I know like it can sound cringy to people now who have a critique of those teachings, but it it was really meaningful for me. Um, and I did this to reverse my habitual tendencies toward depression and noticing how opportunities or blessings or synchronicities would emerge in my external world to reflect my internal efforts. And during this time of developing a spiritual and creative relationship with abundance and money, I ended up having a profound mystical experience that interfaced with Taurus. It was Taurus season and I was nannying. I loved that job. 
And this day with the kids was particularly electric. At one point, we were in a racquetball court and the kids were arguing with each other. They're screaming, full on screaming, echoing off the the racquetball wall courts. And I got so overwhelmed with the noise and I wasn't able to immediately help them de-escalate or resolve the situation. And so I tuned into my inner being and prayed to the angels like I often did in life in general for support amidst the echoed screeching. And I think I was just like close to the end of my patience with that particular fight and the noise. And after that had quelled that sudden explosion of drama, we went to the jacuzzi that was part of this apartment complex near the gym with the racquetball courts and all these amenities. And it was so relaxing comparatively to be in the hot water. I was feeling so much grace in the total quiet of that moment. And since I was tracking my abundance and gratitude, that was my practice. I was feeling really blessed that I was in effect being paid in that moment to be in a jacuzzi. The jets were on, the water was bubbling and the steam was thick. Suddenly without effort or intent on my part, I entered a trance state while peering into the steam. I thought about the rags to riches archetypal storyline as a tourist phenomenon in that moment. It just popped into my mind. I thought about how at a deeper level, it's not really about the money in of itself or the things it buys, but about the sense of self-worth or self-esteem that a person gains from seeing their circumstances elevate by the result of their own tenacity and determination and getting to enjoy and luxuriate in the fruits of that. I felt compassion for it. I felt the judgment thoughts that weren't even necessarily mine, but were part of the social conditioning field slough off. The sense that it's superficial or vain or not meaningful to pursue material abundance. As though it disappeared with the steam, I felt deep peace. Later that day, back at home, I was in one of my out-of-money days. I have a sweet tooth and I was really craving a dessert, but I didn't have any around and I couldn't afford one. I mean, maybe I could go searching for coins, but I wasn't about it. I suddenly remembered that I had a cookie in the car and so elated, I went outside to go get it. I grabbed the cookie and was going to go back inside when a man approached me with his hands up saying, I'm not going to hurt you. I was alarmed simply by the phrase, and at a somatic level, I could feel my heart rate increasing. But at another level, I didn't really feel fear and probably didn't reveal too much of my process in my face or body language. Then he goes, I just want to sell you some cleaning products. And he asks, are you a Taurus? No, well, a Taurus moon. Why? Your nose ring, he said, alluding to my septum ring. And I tracked in that moment that I had just come outside in pursuit of a cookie, which is kind of a Taurian thing to do. And I'd had a spontaneous vision about Taurus that day. So I could see something magical at play. And because the universe provides for me, you know, I can trust certain things. So while he had alarmed me at first, spontaneous connections with strangers 
sent to me by spirit, was my jam those days. He began to show me the cleaning product on the hood of my car, cleaning a spot as an example, and I interrupted him. I'm not interested in the cleaning products, but you seem cool. Forget the product then, he said, tossing them into the bag he had around his shoulder. I'm not from around here. Tell me what's good. So he stopped his day of work and we went downtown and hung out on the dock. As I was getting to know him, he revealed that he came from poverty and he had learned how to make a lot of money, made a point to mention how much his shoes and his jeans cost, offered to take me to the mall and I could get my hair done and my nails done and buy some clothes. I felt a little suspicious, like I definitely wanted to accept the gift in the spirit of my receptivity, positivity, and willingness to receive and whatnot, but it wasn't clear to me and I didn't feel like asking if the gift came with expectations. It didn't seem like he was just offering. Um, and I was just out here having a whimsical random experience as a relatively free and weird being who was just hanging out alone most of the time talking to God. But I have my limits. I wasn't feeling that way about him. I was also aware that I was hanging out with the embodiment of a vision I'd had in a trance in the jacuzzi earlier and that he'd connected the dot by immediately asking me if I was a Taurus. And here he was, telling me that he'd come from poverty but had learned how to make a lot of money, and telling me a considerable amount about it. It was fascinating to me. When we said goodbye, he asked for a kiss, and I kissed him on the cheek. He made this kind of mmm and rolling back his eyes, and I felt him receive it with his whole body and want more. I could appreciate the fullness and whimsical quality of the exchange, and then I went back inside my house, back into my realm. And so that, my friends, is my first transmission for the fixed signs. Much more of a story in this case, but exploring the ideas of the kind of fun, Leo, that can be available through playing with these things. And as we'll continue to explore, these the energetics of the fixed signs can get heavy, you know, like it's there's toxicity with Scorpio and trauma with Aquarius and narcissism with Leo and whatnot. Like all the signs have a full range of potential and multivalence and shadow and brilliance and lower and higher octaves and all of that. And when I think about wealth or money, right? And like what do people really desire with their relationship with money? And like really getting honest about that. And sometimes we'll have desire for money because, you know, we want to buy a home or we want to be able to afford a certain life for our family or we want to kind of elevate our life circumstances, right? So feeling into the deeper intention, the deeper desire around it, and then a sense of how are we part of the ecosystem, Aquarius, the social network, and at a higher level, the spiritual network, right? Like how are we working with the universe or like is the thing that we're creating or offering to society, are we creating value, Taurus? And of course, we have traumas about money or the kind of stories or patterns 
that we inherited from our early life, maybe how our family was with money and maybe the kind of conditional strings attached ways that money was a part of our life, maybe the kind of toxic ways that we've related to money or the ways that we perceive society is fucked up about money and whatnot. So there's a lot of psychological complexes about money. And when we peel those layers back, money is part of like an energy exchange. And I think that in a way that is much vaster than I can convey in one podcast episode, contemplating the fixed signs has been a huge part of my relationship with money. And so as I continue to feel into these transmissions about the fixed signs, I will probably talk more about that um, as well as other things like, you know, validation and attention with Leo. That's something that a lot of people have shame around, right? Like wanting attention. And what are some like positive non-shame-based ways of relating to that, right? Or like if you have an like a, a sense of purpose or something that you really feel connected with or really value, visibility, Leo, might be important, right? And so there's just so many different negotiations and tensions between the fixed signs that endlessly, endlessly fascinate me. But um, I'm excited to be piecing these things together and just kind of expanding the conversation around like how we can live out the signs. So I'll stop this here and we'll be sharing more information about meteorites soon. The Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is something that I run a few times a year. And then Meteorite is available to alumni of that. So if you haven't studied at all with me, the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is really a beloved program. Like the, the transmissions in it about all the signs and planets and aspects and how to read a chart as a whole from the perspective of the soul's ongoing evolution is a really deep experience. And then it becomes the foundation for like traveling in these uh, really beautiful and fun and exploratory places in Meteorite. So I will see you again on the shared airwaves Aquarian spaces soon. Mm -hmm.